This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Oh, it's nice to hear that again. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the fourth season of Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and or mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'd like to be the first to welcome you back to your favorite podcast. I'm sure you've missed us terribly during the past couple of weeks with no tasty cocktail recipes to kick off 2022 on a high note. If you're like me, you've had to resort to mixing what's left of the Sailor Jerry's rum I still have from college with whatever I forgot to clean out of the fridge before I left for vacation. And, you know, today that might have been kombucha, but I don't know what that was. Uh, Please get that new year, new you off to a good start responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I unblocked a couple of my haters on Instagram and asked them to join me on a new season, and they are... Ryan, your resentful music connoisseur. (laughs) Pedro, your mixologist. And our guest today is the lead singer of one of our favorite bands, They hail from Tempe, Arizona, and have made a name for themselves, touring with warped tour heavyweights like Good Charlotte, Boys Like Girls, and The Academy Is in the late 2000s. They rose from those humble beginnings to a critically lauded career with five top 40 albums, one of which Pedro and I praised in one of the last written TNT pieces before we took the show to the airwaves. He's here today to talk all about their latest album, a triumphant outburst of emotion that gave them their first big radio hit, and drop the details about their very own music festival, 8123 Fest, which takes place this weekend in Phoenix and celebrates their 15th anniversary as a band. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome John O'Callaghan of The Main to the pod. Woo-hoo. Yeah. 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 
What's up, y'all? Thanks for having me. Of course, thank you for joining us today. And as I mentioned in the intro, we've been fans of the main for a while. Before Tunes and Tumblers was a podcast, it was a column for Atwood Magazine, and Pedro and I did a pairing for Lovely Little Lonely, which is one of my favorite albums, full stop. Pedro, do you remember the drink that you made for that? Mm-hmm. It was really good, and it sounds insane. Um, it was amaretto and Bud Light Lime. I know. I know. I promise you it's fucking delicious. I'll take your word for it. It's an odd pairing, uh, but... but thank you very much for for the praise that's that's epic the reason if i remember is that album gave us the nostalgic feeling of adolescence maybe not the way that it happened but kind of the way that it crystallizes in your head the further you get away from it and so we're thinking about being at warp tour with like your cousin who has just gotten you whatever beer they have available or that you've just mixed (laughs) with your friends in your garage and you just enjoy it while you stay up all night listening to music. I feel that. That's actually very insightful and very deep for Amaretto and Bud Light. What was it? Bud Light Lime? (laughs) Bud Light Lime. It has to have the lime in it. Hell yeah. (laughs) Well, hopefully today we can rival that pairing, but first... We need to talk about what we've been doing in the break. What have we been listening to? What have you had on repeat since we met last season? Uh, I can kick us off. The band Empath that I really like has been releasing singles recently on Fat Possum Records. They have a new one that's come out called Passing Stranger. Um, One of the slower songs they've done and probably the most accessible, but they're sort of this noise pop punk outfit out of Philly. And the song is a about kind of collaging different memories together. And I love this band. I saw them open for, um, what's that group called? Oh my gosh, can't believe I'm forgetting the name. But they um, they do like kind of noise ambient interludes between really aggressive noisy punk. And that I love that juxtaposition. So excited for the upcoming album. You always have the greatest picks and it's always something I haven't heard of. And then I end up loving it. Wow. Great way to kick off Love the that. year. I can go next. You? I want to hear from John, Anthony. Oh, oh, sorry, oh. <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, John, what have you had on repeat? Every once in a while. So so I have to preface this whole episode by saying uh, my first daughter just turned seven weeks old yesterday. And uh, as, as if life wasn't hectic before and if it wasn't uh, hard as a 33-year-old to find... Um, you know, time in the day to search for new music. I ended up finding a new record that like blew me away. Um, The artist is called Dijon. The album is called Absolutely. It came out in October, I believe. Um, Every once in a while, like you just get lucky and a record kind of enters your world and sort of just shakes you to the core and this record did that for me um i think i love it because of its sequencing in that it it flows from start to finish and it's like i don't know i I can't even explain it there's there's youtube videos of him playing it live and when you see these videos it's almost like that's exactly where they recorded it in like this bedroom but then it's a fake bedroom in a studio and it's just like i don't know 
I haven't felt this way about a record since I think since that second Bonnie Vera record or the there's a record by Ray LaMontagne called Ouroboros where mm-hmm. My Morning Jacket played um as his backing band and it it rivals that in the sequencing it's very like I don't know, bands, you know, the Beatles did it, you know, way back in the day where songs just flow right, right into one, you know, into the next. And, um, yeah, there's something magical about it, especially in, in a, in an era where people, you know, our attention spans are so short and we only listen sometimes to 30 seconds on our phone and you're like, ah, fuck that. Like, I don't like it. (laughs) So it's, it's nice to be able to you know, from my perspective too, like making records, you know, we still um, pride ourselves on trying to make complete records and not just single songs. So when I see and hear another artist do it, it's, and, and they do it really well, it's like, I don't know, it's it's very refreshing. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last time I had a record like that. And I think last year I was listening to the Maria's Cinema and that's another one where, you know, oh, sorry. The, the cat has a lot of opinions right now. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to blast through it. So yeah, that's another one where it kind of only feels like a single song and you can just listen to it 5 times and not realize that it's over. But what have I been listening to in the past couple of weeks? I went on Spotify and looked and my most listened to song of the year so far is actually Lips by you guys. Oh! But <laughs> besides that, Last week, The weekend came out with his new album, Dawn FM, and I listened to that when I was driving around. It's his follow-up to After Hours, and he revealed on Twitter just this last week that it's the second in a trilogy that explores this kind of transition into the afterlife. So he dies at the end of After Hours, and Dawn FM is about trying to find peace with himself in this liminal space before he moves on. I'm sure that the next album is going to be called Afterlife, but we'll see. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know about like how well realized this whole idea is in song, but I do know that I listened to it while driving around the Sunset Strip in the dead of night with all these lights flashing, and it gave me big drive vibes. You like have I could to have been, do that with the weekend. Yes, you do, and this one especially. Like it's very futuristic cyberpunk. Like, you know, you're just blasting through like a Blade Runner universe listening to this. Uh, Highlights, Take My Breath, of course, and How Do I Make You Love Me. Uh, Those two, if if you're one of those people who doesn't listen to a whole album, just do those two. But I think it really works well in sequence. So check it out. Don FM. Pedro, bring up the rear. Yeah, I'll be super quick. Um, I'm like a decade late on this, but um, there's an album called Hawaii Part 2 by Miracle Musical. And I think it's the only thing they've done. It's like, I think they've described it as like a once in a lifetime uh, project. Um, it's hard to describe because it's it's like orchestral, it's electronic, it's pop, and it's got all these different collaborators. It's, it's all over the place, um, but in a really good way. Um, so yeah, you just kind of have to check it out. If, if you don't want to listen to the whole album, at least check out a song called Dream Sweet in C major, C spelled S-E-A. Um, it's it's absolutely beautiful and it gets like it just builds and builds and builds into this crazy uh just huge song so go listen to that yeah what i'm getting here is sequencing folks underrated Let's yeah back. Mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. writing i'm writing that down 
<laughs> the album may be a dying art form, but in 2021, for the first time since I think the very early 90s, vinyl records outsold CDs. So people are gaining an interest in listening to a whole album. A you can do bit, that with maybe. CDs too, though. <laughs> but with CDs, vinyl's about clout. <laughs> I guess with vinyl, you have to, you can't, you can't skip a track really without moving the needle. So it right. runs itself more to yeah, a full playthrough. Maybe people just think they're big CDs. Is this not a CD? <laughs> I heard recently that Zoomers are treating CDs the way that our generation treats vinyl, where it's just like, oh, it's it's so retro. And I'm gonna start collecting them. And I'm like, dude, I didn't even like CDs when they were the primary form of listening to music. <laughs> They're walking around with Discman in their pockets and it skips every time they take a step. <laughs> What's so funny is I still I still have a crate full of all my old CDs. All like I at my parents' house. I I have the closet and in the closet there's a couple crates of and and what's even funnier is that all of the uh, the booklets from the records are all pulled out and they're all in a stack because I used to go through them and I used to, you know, read the thank yous and then be like, oh, that they think this band and I and now I'm going to find out who this band is, and, you know, so, oh. yeah, that's awesome. I did that's, enjoy flipping through them because that was the only way to find the lyrics for sure. Oh, yeah. That, well, now now I know then I can that, that I can turn a profit by selling all my old CDs. <laughs> to a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> the thank yous is really genius and that's something i haven't yeah i hadn't even thought about that that's so true like i you hear about um hip-hop producers going through the credits of old jazz records and finding like oh this guitarist or this bass player played yeah yeah so then you knew it was going to be good kind of a totally. thing like, that's a different that's an interesting music discovery way that someone needs to write write about that <laughs> maybe it's you john <laughs> Well, as a quick reminder, everyone, every song that we mention on the show goes directly onto the accompanying playlist in the episode description. This season, we're on a mission to create the most chaotic episode playlist imaginable, so don't be afraid to say anything that pops into your head, John. Just get weird with it. Okay. But I think it's time to open up the bar for the first time in 2022. <laughs> Someone wake up the bouncer so we can start checking IDs. John, <laughs> did you bring anything to show him today? I brought uh, two pieces of evidence to submit to the to the courtroom. Um, the first um, is they're both laminates. So for those who aren't familiar, when you go on tour as a band, you generally get, um, you know, the tour manager will write up like a, a make up a little a tour ad mat, small form, and, and you hang it on a lanyard. And that that's how the the bouncer at the club can let you in right um that's how you that's how you know you're in the band <laughs> so the first one was from uh march 29th 2008 and wow. so our band was just about a year old and there was a television show on mtv called my super sweet 16 oh my god <laughs> and wow uh, we ended up getting a, an email that uh, this young girl was turning 16 and the dad wanted us to play at her 16th birthday party. And the premise of the show was like essentially spoiled brats that got even more spoiled for their 16th birthday. And, you know, like the 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 
the kid would get a car and be like, this isn't the car I wanted. And it would be like a meltdown. And then the dad and the mom would be like trying to console her and their friends would be like, you know, it's okay. And the, you know, whatever. So uh, we ended up going to this party and playing. And uh, this first laminate has, has my last name spelt. It says John Calhagen. <laughs> and it, it, it's C-A-L-L-H-A-G-A-N. Um, I know we can't see it, but you guys can see it right here. Uh, very official, very official. Um, yeah, it's just funny because then, uh, you know, you tell all your friends that you're going to be on MTV for some 16-year-old's birthday party. And MTV ended up editing it so that it looked like nobody cared about our performance and they even <laughs> they legitimately put like cricket noises oh my god in, oh, like no. after you know i'm like hey what's up we're the main and it's like crickets oh, <laughs> but it ended up being fun and i don't know i i've saved every almost every laminate that we've ever had and and received um that's awesome the other one would be one of our first uh, sort of headlining tours, and that was in 2008 as well. Um, and this was with a band called The Secret Handshake. Oh, um, damn. Another band called Danger Radio and Power Space. And I don't know, again, you guys can only see that, but this is a glimpse into the neon pop punk era <laughs> that was... Essentially, wow. this is, for those who can't see it, it's a radioactive picnic basket oozing <laughs> neon goo, um, which is very apt to, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> that just sums up what 2007 and eight probably were and looked like for all those pop punkers. What a time to be alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, my wow. God. This is... There, <laughs> Each of those stories, like that first story, we could do a whole episode on. I feel like. Oh my god! Like that, I mean, I could go. Yeah, I could go. I could go deeper. I definitely, uh, I definitely just grazed the surface there. Dude, that's such that a shit. classic MTV, oh, like show. switch up, like fucked up kind of thing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. But you guys, I I love that story though because you know that's like going this extra mile for fans or whatever, which reminds me seeing you guys drive up in vans into people's neighborhoods you know and yeah this yeah is... i mean this was a bit different because <laughs> you know mo normally we're you know we we pride ourselves on the idea that we can only do what we do because people give a shit right and people you know work their jobs they spend money on a ticket they show up so the least we can do is is just you know try to be accessible try to be just real people and I think that uh, this instance specifically was like this dad is offering us some ridiculous amount of money, as, <laughs> you know, as 19 year olds. And we're like, you're going to pay us how much to play a birthday party? It's like, hell yeah. And then when we got there, it's like, you know, even though MTV, you know, played it up, it was definitely those those kind of situations are and like in my early 20s and i'm sure even now if i were to play like my high school right now for like 15 16 year old kids i think i would be more nervous for that than any other show because high school kids and like middle school kids are fucking ruthless they're, <laughs> they're like 
And that being said, though, one of my favorite shows that we ever played, um, we did this Green Schools contest. So it was like the greenest school in America. And it was like, you know, what school is is doing the the most for the environment? Um, And the school that won, we ended up playing a show for it was like preschool through eighth graders. And oh boy. there were preschoolers like dancing to our music and it was like so radical and it was so pure and it was like so right before the teenage angst phase, you know? So it was like, I don't know, those, it, it, it it's hit and miss. I'm, I'm scared of, I'm scared of kids. Right, right <laughs> so. Scared of teenagers. <laughs> I think it's all relative too. Oh, our network Pantheon that we joined last year, um, they skew a little bit older with their shows. And so we're the kids. And I feel like we're the intimidating ones that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, as crazy it is to have 30 somethings be the kids. <laughs> we're the babies. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I love this conversation, but the bouncer is kind of like, you know, you're holding up the line a little bit. So let's head inside. <laughs> He's also like, no, he, yeah, no talk of kids. Like, it's 21 up here. You guys brought kids? <laughs> All right. Well, let's turn on the lights. Let's dust off the bar. Let's plug in that jukebox. Ryan, here's a 20. What are we listening to today? A 20. Wow. Um, we're listening to XOXO from Love and Anxiety in Real Time, the new album from The Main, out now on Photo Finish Records. And I said these days you stuck in We have 20. We're going to hear it a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> Goes a long way on touch tunes. <laughs> that is true. And you know, John, I love this album. And guys, I know I say that all the time, but you know it's true because I mentioned it during our What Have You Been Listening To segment when we spoke with Jansen Hogan of The Wildlife all those months ago. Mm-hmm. And to me, this album, it's this microcosm of everything I listen to the main four. It's fun, it's poppy, it makes me want to dance, but I think it also captures something intangible that's hard to put into words, and I even had like trouble articulating it when I was thinking what I wanted to say last night. It's kind of this feeling you get when your emotions well up so much that they boil over and you can't help but scream them out. It's love, it's anxiety, and it all happens in real time. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I appreciate it. Of course. You know, keep making good music. And I'm stoked to dive headfirst into it and hear all about 8123 Fest. But first, I'm feeling a little parched. How about you guys? Indeed. Let's drink. Let's chug. Do you have something we can sip on while we listen to this album? I do. Um, So listening to this album, like Anthony was saying, it's it's, it's this big upwelling of emotion. But it's, it's a lot of fun. Like It's a very summery album to me, and I wanted to make something sort of uh, light and refreshing. Um, and I kind of wanted to mimic the album cover cause it looked, it's like beautiful. It's bright yellow and it's got like the red in the middle, which to me kind of looks like a sun. I really like it. Um, so I kind of wanted to mimic that a little bit too. Um, and the, 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 the heaviest part to me of the whole album is like, there's this feeling of all these intense, um, emotions 
whatever they may be, or, you know, these, these intense feelings of love and all that it's so much of it can be so temporary, um, and it can fizzle out. So in making this drink, I needed to incorporate, first of all, whiskey is apparently your drink of choice, I've been told. So I had to incorporate that. I needed to incorporate the color and I wanted to incorporate something that, um, would somehow dissolve. Um, so, um, what I started with was some whiskey, obviously, and then I want to get to give it some extra like yellow color. I put some Galliano in it, um, which is mm. this really uh, like herbal liqueur. Um, very it's got like a licoricey sort of taste, but it's not too too intense. Um, and then I just chopped up some basil really fine just to put in there, give it a little something extra. And I shook that together, um, poured it on ice, and then topped it with some of that San Pellegrino limonada, sort of give it that summer yeah. freshness, right. those bubbles. Um, and then to give it that temporary feel and to give it that red dot in the middle, I took a cherry um, <laughs> and I rolled it in Pop Rocks um, and I dropped that oh my God. like right in the middle of it. Dang. Um, so the Pop Rocks obviously give it, they give it that noise. It's got that spark, that pop, um, but it does go away and it's, it's bright and it's intense, but it doesn't last. So yeah, and I'm calling it a turn towards the sun. Wow. Ooh. Let me he just, doesn't miss. That's that's full slow clap right there. <laughs> Better than amaretto and Bud Light Lime, right? Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that is that is complex. We've come a long way. That's amazing. <laughs> How does it taste? Oh, it's absolutely delicious. So what was the second component that made it yellow? Galliano. It's Galliano. Like, it's like okay. an old school Italian. Um, uh, it's It's like this tall lanky bottle and it's just a bright yellow liqueur okay yeah used famously in what was it harvey wallbangers i remember that from bartending school the extent of my of my mixology goes uh two ounces of bullet uh three-fourths of an ounce of lemon juice and then uh shake that up and (laughs) not a bad choice pedro we absolutely have to do a slow-mo of you putting the cherry in there for our reels on Instagram. I can try and get that done. Yeah. Heck yes. <laughs> what a feeling, John, right? You get to like, listen to this amazing drink and then you're like ready to have it. And all you can do is watch Pedro drink. It. <laughs> we got to leave him wanting more. <laughs> this has been the show for the past two years since yeah. March, 2020, barring two guests that we were able to do in person because it was the lull right before or right after delta uh, okay yeah it we have not been able to be in the same room and drink the Ooh. drinks it's really sad for me i Ryan. feel that i feel it i feel it it's uh it, it's it's definitely been difficult to do the in-person thing but that's going to make it that much sweeter whenever you know that that moment occurs again we hope there we go. And, and the what you got to do is just instead of that, whatever glass you've got, Pedro, you've got to make it like, you know, we're talking. <laughs> That's like true. I am, triple, drinking, I am drinking for everybody. I should yeah. have gotten, gotten a big gulp glass is what I should have done. You know what we're going to do? Because you couldn't be here in person, we're going to pretend like you were and we're going to make you a press pass or the one like laminated one like yeah, you showed yeah. us. But it's yeah. going to say John O'Galliano. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. I need to toast to that. Cheers, everyone. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Before we get into XOXO, I think we need to talk about what is happening this weekend. It's time for 8123 Fest. Can you tell our listeners a bit about that festival? How did it come together? Like, what was the genesis here? 
So I suppose backstory on just what 8123 is is probably necessary. Um, And as rudimentary as it sounds, 8123 were the numbers of a parking garage that my friends and I used to go to in high school um, and just kind of be those shitty teenagers that I was talking about. Um, you know, we would, we would go listen to music up there. We would, uh, I don't know, smoke cigarettes and learn how to cuss. And, (laughs) um, so fast forward, you know, uh, a couple years, uh, the first year of college rolls around. My friends had been in bands when I was in high school and middle school, and I was front row at all the shows. And, um, music has always been such an integral part of, of, my life and growing up and, um, sort of that, that thing that always brought my friends close together and, and kind of made us as close as we were. Um, so college came around. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, our manager, his younger brother had a a band and I I got drunk at a party and, and I was like, Hey, I want to try out for your brother's band. I ended up trying out the next morning, hungover. Uh, and we started the main that day. Um, so then s- s- as we started, we sort of tried to cultivate just, we couldn't tour. We tried to cultivate real relationships with people while we were a, a baby band. We were on MySpace and on the internet and we would spend hours every day talking to people. Um, so with with the ability to sort of kind of create these relationships with people online and then you know we, we were fortunate enough to go out on tour and some of those people showed up and as that sort of community s- s- kind of continued to build um we just kind of uh, we gave it a name and that became 8123 and and over the years some of those same people um one in particular that I know, Richard, um, he used to go by Richard the Tambourine Guy on MySpace because he said he was our tambourine player. And I've known Richard since 2007, um, so 15 years. And he was at our very first show in Arizona, and he'll be there this weekend with him and his closest friends. And I know that was a lot and I probably didn't, it doesn't really make sense, but you know, for, for our band, it's always been more than music. Um, we feel so fortunate to be able to do what we do and, and, and kind of reverting back to what I, I was saying sort of is our foundation is just the relationship we have with our fans and, and the people that support what we do. So in a long roundabout way, we, Five years ago, six years ago now, we did our first 8123 Fest, which was uh, just a festival. I think firstly, because we don't get invited to the cool festivals. We're not the cool band that goes to Coachella and shit like that. So we, you know, instead of uh, instead of pleading for Coachella to have us, we just decided (laughs) to throw our own birthday party and and, uh, basically people from all over the world came. Um, and then two years later we did it again and even more people came and it was a pretty incredible showing of just, uh, community and, and just people that would, it it was kind of a, a crazy, crazy thing in that 
you know, people were doing the same thing we were doing as a band, but within friend groups, meeting people online and creating these relationships and then having the opportunity to meet each other in person for the first time at the festival. And it was just kind of like a real, uh, I don't know, like a, a very, um, I don't know. Obviously, I can't even put it into words. It's like it's something so far beyond who just us five in the main are. It's so much bigger than we ever could have imagined and and so much more important than just music. But this weekend is is just a celebration of music. We're having a a ton of our friends bands come. Um, And and again, a lot of it'll be incredible to see a lot of people that we haven't been able to see in in a couple of years because we haven't been able to really tour that that much. So it's uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. It's it's hectic. You know, I'm playing a solo set and then we play a pre-show on Friday and then we do an after party Friday night and then the show and then an after party that night. And then (laughs) Sunday is is like a a brunch thing. And then Monday we're doing um, sort of a a community outreach thing, which we call 8123 Impact, which um, we're going to St. Mary's Food Bank and a couple other places. So uh, just trying to give back to the community and, and yeah, just bring people together. It's like that Lady Gaga video, like club, another club, bus, <laughs> no sleep. It's not as glamorous as Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. And there's something else to celebrate this weekend, too. I know that this marks 15 years for you as a band. And I want to know, what does this milestone mean to you guys? Oh, man. Um, I'm sure it means something you know, a bit different for each and every one of us. But I think collectively, it just means that, um, you know, all of the that uncertainty that we had when we were first starting, um, you know, I think we can kind of stand, stand proud and, and say that we, you know, made something out of something that nobody really imagined we could, you know, I think, you know, our parents, respectively, I think we're all, uh, you know, apprehensive about their kids either not going to college or, you know, Pat and Garrett, our drum and bass player, um, they both ended up uh, leaving high school a little bit early and had, uh, because of our first tour, ended up kind of conflicting. And, um, you know, their parents, I mean, it's just crazy. Like our our families have been so supportive and and I'd like to think it's because, you know, they saw our work ethic and then, you know, again, in conjunction with how hard we worked and, and with the idea that people supported it, um, you know, they kind of got on board and I don't know, 15 years, it's crazy, man. It's like, you're talking about XOXO and, um, you know, I, I wrote that whole record just, it, it's just kind of a snapshot of what I was going through at the time. And, um, it's just uh, I haven't had a, a lot of time to reflect back on where my head was at when we were writing our first record, and I, I, I would assume that I'll have more time for introspection when uh, or retrospection when it when it you know when this whole thing fades and and it's over. But it, it's pretty amazing the fact that um, they're like sort of it's like uh, audio yearbook. Kind of, it's like I can listen to one of our songs and and 
and try to remember who I was. It's like looking at a picture from, you know, when you were a freshman in high school and um, it's like, what the fuck was my hair? Like, what was I, what was I wearing? But it's also a beautiful thing because, you know, I've, I feel like I've grown so much as a person and, um, you know, my life has transpired and, and gone in a way that I could have never imagined. And um, I, like I was telling you guys earlier, I had uh, my, our first kid with my wife and I got married. And it's just like, you know, to, to navigate all that and have music still be your only job is something that I absolutely don't take for granted. And, and it's it's one of the the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of in my life. So this weekend is kind of like, a, yeah, that's the celebration for me. That's beautiful. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't ask this because we're in the middle of the Omicron wave wreaking havoc. What can you tell fans about the safety measures that are being taken this weekend to slow transmission? Obviously, we're within accordance of all of the local, you know, mandates and stuff like that. Um, I think beyond that, we're um, making testing available on site um, for anyone that's, you know, uncertain, uh, even day of, um, you know, the 48 hour negative tests uh, or the, the VAX card is is in place. And as far as everything else, um, I know that at the um, they've changed the venue name so many times now, but the Comerica Theater, the, the Friday night show there, the balcony will be, um, open for, for distance, uh, sort of reservation. So there'll be enough space where people that are feeling like they, they need a bit more room can have the room. Um, also at Margaret T. Hans Park on Saturday, um, there are pods available. So it's like a makeshift kind of, uh, area for people that are also feeling uncomfortable and and they'll have their own designated area. And then other than that, just, uh, I think it, it, it kind of just goes hand in hand with how I feel about things in general. It's like, um, you know, nobody wants to get any sick at all. And I feel like if you are sick, you need to do your due diligence and, and remain home. Um, you know, on our end, we're sort of doing our quarantine isolation thing um, so that none of us get sick in, you know, this prior little bit. And I know on the artist end, it's it'll be distanced and stuff like that backstage. And so we're trying to do as much as we can. And, and you know, hopefully it'll all turn out to be a, a, a really fun, awesome weekend. Fingers crossed. That's, that's good enough for me. I'm I'm ready to go out there. I think uh, the festival is open for distance. That's a good, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, good yeah, for much. sure. <laughs> Wait, how close is Phoenix to Sierra Madre? Can we get there, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> we'll pack up the car and we'll drive through the night. <laughs> there we go. All right, I, I want to talk about the album now, formulate this. Love and anxiety, to me, they feel like parallel emotions in that they both have this power to consume you to the point where they're all you can feel and think about. Can you tell us how you arrived at Love and Anxiety as the focus of songwriting this time out? Yeah, I think fundamentally those emotions, both love and anxiety for me, tend to, like you're saying, run in tandem. Um, And especially, so so my wife and I have been together for like five years now. Um, 
And prior to her, I'd never really experienced love. So navigating this with her has been, you know, sort of my first time. It's just kind of the maiden voyage. (laughs) So with that, you know, comes a lot of, um, it just comes, it's, it, it's attached with all the feelings, not just love, not just anxiety, but those two feelings specifically were sort of heightened um, due to the idea that we were uh, prior to us, you know, getting married, we had been in a long distance relationship. She was in San Francisco. I was in Arizona. Um, So from the onset, it's been like, you know, how do you make time for that person that you, you, you want to give all your time to? And it's hard to do that when you're, you know, hundreds, if not a thousand, you know, sometimes when I'm other places, a thousand miles away. Um, so I just wanted to, to sort of highlight the idea that, that those two emotions aren't, uh, they can run in tandem and they, and, and one can cause the other, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the love that I was feeling also blossomed a lot of anxiety, you know, for whatever reason. And, and, you know, the anxious side of me, uh, made me lean into the love side of, of things a bit more as well. And, and made me lean into the idea of, of sharing that, you know, that those feelings with somebody else sharing that anxiety and not just having it be a burden on, onto my own, you know, onto myself. Um, I think as far as sonics go, I wanted to sort of kind of, you know, like you were saying, hit those peaks and valleys, um, when things were, um, you know, when, when whatever topic I was, was talking about, if, you know, on like anxiety in real time, um, specifically, I wanted the, the sonics to match that. I didn't want it to be like, um, all the way, uh, depressed, but I wanted to make it sort of that, uh, optimistic melancholic feeling of, you know, of, of, is this hopeful? I don't know, but I'm feeling it. And, and I think that's okay. Um, and then on the opposite side, it was like, you know, Lips, like a song like that is very uh, uplifting and optimistic. But then the content in the song is is sort of uh, is sort of the, the, the antithesis of that. So I don't know. It's um, it's always strange, too, because, uh, you know, you, you, you go into something and I think that that's what the pandemic has really highlighted for me is that you go into some, you know, like we've gone into so many records thinking like you have these plans, right? Or just, you know, in life you have plans and you try to plan as many things as you can. And I think that the the world and, and this pandemic has shown that, um, you know, your plans are, don't, they don't really mean shit sometimes. And, and, and you have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to evolve. And we started this record thinking like we had just, uh, we had settled on the idea that we're going to record in Arizona and it's going to be the first record that we're recording in Arizona. And then all of a sudden, you know, the world came to a stop and we had to figure it out. And so we, you know, everybody quarantined individually for two weeks and then we got an Airbnb and, you know, rented it for four weeks and only stayed there. And it was tough because it was like, uh, you know, 
I'm 14 minutes from the Airbnb. Why can't I just go home? You know, and it was like, you know, it was like, I wanted to sleep in my own bed, not this weird Airbnb bed. And, um, but we, you know, we went through it and, and uh, I, I think it just sort of started to come together because even outside of the actual feeling of, of falling in love with my wife and more and more in love with her. And there was all this anxiety with, you know, the world in general and just being and being, you know, just like, how do I function now in, in society? And, and, um, yeah, I I don't know. I I'm really proud of it. And, and, um, I'm really, I, I feel like for the first time we actually like gave ourselves like, uh, an actual shot to like try to, to, to reach new, new listeners. And I, I feel like, I don't know if that, if we succeeded because I, we haven't been on tour to really see, see, but I, you know, it's, uh, I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, doing the radio thing and, and hearing our song on the radio for the first time in like, in a way that, that was, was like more than just like, the local station playing at one time, it was really fulfilling. And it was really amazing to like feel new, you know, senses of, of excitement this far into something that can easily become monotonous and easily become routine, you know, especially when it's like, Oh yeah, we're just going to tour for two years, make a record, do the whole thing over. Um, it was just nice to know that new doors can be open even in the midst of such a fucking mess of the last two years. Hmm. I think one line that stood off in reference to the pandemic and how I've been feeling is the line, I know after all this time, I don't really have the time. Yeah. That's a line that stuck, <laughs> stuck with me a lot. This is such a theme in this show. We talk about conflicting emotions all the time and about holding them at the same time. And I think like through this conversation, I've noticed that maybe saying something like conflicting emotions, using the word conflicting is kind of doing ourselves a disservice in a way. Like do emotions really conflict if we can hold them together, even if they seem opposite? They're not really good and bad, right? Uh, They can feel good or they can cause pain, but I think that they open us up to new horizons. And maybe that's kind of hard for us to deal with. Like if we're feeling anxiety, but it also makes us feel love or we're fearing fear, we're feeling fear, but it also makes us feel hopeful or, or like spur us towards something else. To me, that kind of feels a little bit more human, you know? Yeah, they're, 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 they're certainly not, there are no such thing, things as exclusive feelings, right? You don't just feel one thing at a time. And I, 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 I certainly was made aware of that. And, and I guess when, as you get older, maybe you have more perspective on things because you've experienced more. Um, but that last song on the record, Face Towards the Sun, which that uh, yellow drink was named after, um, I wrote that song for my grandmother who en- ended up passing away at, at sort of the beginning of the pandemic. And, and it was... Um, it was a really interesting mix of emotions because, you know, she passed away and, and, um, it wasn't like it was super out of the blue, but you know, I don't think death is ever, um, timely. And, um, when we were going to do the funeral, we could only have six people in the, the church. And it was a really fucked up, feeling, you know, 
but then also really beautiful in that, um, you know, my brother that lives in Austria, we were able to FaceTime him during the service. And, um, you know, it, it, it's like, yeah, I think death really highlighted that, that what you just mentioned is that, th- that you can feel multiple things at once. And it's important to recognize that that's, that's possible and that that's, uh, in most cases healing, you know, um, so it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's all right to feel them, feel them all at once. There really is a range of emotions in that song, even from the, to me, that was, it was such an interesting journey on that one. Cause it is such a poignant song, but there's also that, that quote in the beginning <laughs> that caught, that kind of caught me off guard too, in relation to the rest of it. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it was sort of sitting in the chapel and, and acknowledging that, she's passing and then it obviously puts a timestamp on y- your own existence and the fragility of life in general and then uh you know the 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 line in the second verse is 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 sort of the god doesn't care about our plans and and that's kind of what i'm saying is like you can have a a plan or a blueprint for for the way that you think things are going to shape uh shape out but they're kind of useless you know um because life inevitably happens and you have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to evolve and all things considered the send off that we were able to give her was was very very nice and and very uh I don't know I think very healing for my whole family It's beautiful I'm so glad you brought up that last song because god I <laughs> It's one of my favorites. It's not the one I listen to all the time, but it is the one where I feel the most things at once. And I think particularly of the line, everything is exactly as it should be. And it reminds me of Buddhism, oddly enough, where there's this tenet that says suffering is pain plus attachment. It's pain is inevitable, but we allow ourselves to suffer if we think things should have been different than they are. And it's so refreshing to hear that even through pain, everything is exactly as it should be. What do you think we gain when we let go of the way things ought to be and just accept them as they are? Oh, I think that's to, to lean into your Buddhism. I think that's what they say. Nirvana is. I think that's the idea. That's the place we're all trying to get to. Right. Uh, is the ability to let go the death of the ego and to really just let things happen and pass through you. Um, yeah, I don't know that, that that's, that, there was this, uh, the, the George Harrison record, all things must pass is one of my favorite records of all time. And the s- sort of the enlightenment that, that, and that's kind of what I love about music in general is, is, the knowledge that you feel like you gain from maybe uh, these, like these, like I don't even know what kind of term I would give them, but they're not philosophers. They're like, you know, but they are. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I I I kept listening to All Things Must Pass the song specifically a lot over the last two years, um, as just a reminder that that like it is temporary things are temporary but um it's important to be in the moment as well and to experience it and and not shy away from it and not run from it and um 
yeah, it, it's just music is, is such a powerful thing, even if, uh, you know, even if the, the, the composer or the writer wasn't intentionally meaning to make it, you know, important or impactful, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Everything means something different to whoever's listening to it or whoever's experiencing the art. And I would love to get into uh, death of the author and what, like when works are out in the world, like what are they really? But that's an entirely <laughs> different show. And we're kind of coming to the end of the interview section. But as always, I want to open up a question to the group. And this is a bit of a tough one. Let's get emo. You know, we've talked oh, a lot about wow. emotions today, like we do in every show. And I think it's time we took off the water wings. I'm thinking a lot about <laughs> feeling tons of things all at once. I want to know what is something that has happened to you that's just filled you with so much emotion that you can't really describe it. Anthony just now sang water wings. Saying <laughs> <laughs> water wings is everything. <laughs> feeling intense dread <laughs> and anger at the same time. <laughs> No, that's a good question. Hmm. I mean, it's an easy one for me. Um, having uh, our baby uh, just a couple weeks ago, it's something that no matter how many people tell you it's going to be a certain way, it's it, it's there's no possible way to describe what actually transpires. Um, you know, and you talk about anxiety. I mean, fucking hell for, for for nine months, man. Yeah, it's like just this big lead up, and it's um, the payoff is the most uh, rewarding and incredible thing I've ever experienced, and and also the most terrifying and frightening um, at the same exact time. So that's an easy one. Mm. Damn it! Should have had a kid before I this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while the other guys are thinking, uh, you know, there's a lot of instances in my life where I think I've just been so overwhelmed with emotion, but I'm going to get just like a little bit sad with mine because it's something that happened yesterday uh, while I was doing research and while I was working on schoolwork, I went on Facebook and I'm a member of this pug group because as everyone knows, uh, our uh, mascot is Pierogi the Black Pug. And sorry, he couldn't be on the, the show today, but... I'm really this... interested to hear how a pug group, what a pug group did to you. <laughs> well, this couple lost their seven-month-old pug or nine-month-old pug because there was an incident where, like, he got into some uh, arthritis cream and it, like, overwhelmed his kidneys. And I oh, saw God. those pictures. I know, it's really sad. Ugh. It's really sad, but stick with me because... I realized that it wasn't just sad hearing about this, but it made me, it made me so overwhelmed with like longing to like be near something uh, vulnerable and something that is so fragile and being unable to do anything about it. Because as you said, John, like life will just do things that you have no control over. So it wasn't just, I'm sad for this little creature. It's also, everything is so precious and it could be taken at any time. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> that is really, that is really rough. Um, but I, that's something that I think that we're all going to go through at one point in our life. If we already yeah. haven't and no way, man, you can't prepare for it. <laughs> Not if I can help it. Refuse. 
I think prepare maybe is the wrong word. We can't go through life expecting it all the time or yeah. or preparing for it. We just have to realize that it's there and, uh, you know, l- YOLO, right? Live every day. Yeah, you got to let yourself experience whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. YOLO. It, just make sure to put up your arthritis cream. That's yeah. true. Well, that's what's <laughs> yeah, seriously a- put the Bengay away. <laughs> put the Bengay away. Keep that shit in the bathroom. Um, no, that's a, obviously very tragic, and especially since it was, it seemed to have passed at the hands of something that was supposed to help yeah. ease pain, you know, for mm. someone. In oh the God, house. that just that um, adds another. Oh, that's another layer. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> So recently it was like during Christmas, I was at, I was just at my parents' house and we were just watching stuff on like Netflix. We were watching the, the Bill Murray, a very Murray Christmas, right? Tragic. I haven't um, seen whatever it. Whatever yeah. it's called. Tragic. <laughs> and you we were just watching it and just chilling and it, it, it just sort of like, it was very unexpected, but there's this moment where, uh, this couple that have just, that were supposed to get married, they're like having issues and Bill Murray like encouraged them, encourages them to just remember that moment where they knew they were in love with each other and they start singing um i saw the light by ted rungren to each other and it's like this but it's like very like toned down and like slow and it was just they start singing to each other and i like i was overwhelmed completely and i just started thinking about like the moment you realize you're in love with somebody is like so intense and even if like it doesn't last part of you sort of will always like you have to those memories go with you yeah. So it was just like that moment was just like, oh my God. And I like lost it out of nowhere. It was Christmas. We were having a good time and I just lost it completely. And I just like sat there in the corner just weeping. <laughs> but yeah, it was just this weird, it was this feeling of like remembering, remembering that feeling of love, but then also like the loss because it's not there anymore really. And it, it was just a lot, but it was, it was very good. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it or don't go anywhere. It's on Netflix. Because <laughs> it's on Netflix. But you see it. <laughs> yeah. That's a great song, too. That's such Rundgren a good song. song. Yeah, yeah, I love that song. And, like, usually it's not that mellow. So yeah, the way for they sure. did it, the way they delivered it was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Hmm. You know what is overwhelming me with emotion is this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let's get out of the bar. We need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> let's wipe away those tears, y'all, because I think it's time that we played our favorite game. Who's ready for a round of hashtag mood? Let's do my, it. My beer was half full, and now it's full from tears. So, yeah, I think we <laughs> That was Talk like going about... down the Autobahn at 90 and then shifting it into neutral. I was going to say, Ryan, Ryan, you know what it made me think of? You know, in the West Wing where they'll have like the most dramatic ending. It'll be like the president's been shot. And then it's that really like uplifting like credit music. <laughs> yeah, it's something tragic and then always the same dumb sprightly music. At the yeah. end. <laughs> I'd still like to thank Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty for pulling us out of our depression. Every oh, time. <laughs> What is hashtag mood, you ask? Hashtag mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. 
Right now, we're going to head over to the Tunes and Tumblers inbox where a fan or friend of the show or both have left us a message telling us how they've been recently. We're going to take that mood and transform it into the ultimate playlist. Each of us gets a chance to pick one song to match it. So, Drew, do you have something to go? Is it a voice or text message? We have Another a text tragic message. tale for us. Oh, uh, yeah. You have one new message. Mood. I can't muster the energy to perform important tasks, but for some reason I can still clean my entire apartment and focus way too much on things that don't matter. Eric G. Well, thank you, oh. Eric. Oi. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Did he just say his, he or she just say his name at the end, or was that part of the... I think, is that a signature, Drew? That, that was a signature, yeah. Eric G, I, thank you for the movie. I kind of like it more as just saying a mysterious name, like a rosebud, you know? <laughs> rosebud. rosebud. <laughs> Eric yeah. G. Listeners, start giving us code names. I think he's telling us we need to check out the new hot indie act, Eric G, and stop listening to Alex G. <laughs> hmm, okay, so the mood was... They can't muster the strength to do much but clean, it sounds like, right? Mm -hmm. It's procrastination at its finest. Can I kick this off? Oh, yeah, yeah, go for it, John. So the, I was like, I had a playlist up that was like my emo high school playlist, thinking that we were going to be somehow leaning further into this emo, <laughs> you know? And then when that was just read out loud, I was thinking... Um, of the Diana Ross song "It's My House," and, <laughs> and yes. I was just thinking like the energy you would get from listening to that song and being like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna clean," you know. And then when it came to any doing anything else, you're just kind of like, "All right, well, I, I'm I'm kind of out." But that song kind of just popped into my head, so that's where that's where my my head went. Nice, I like that. Wow. That, you know, that's a really great one that I love that because it made I totally would have not have gone that way. And when you said my emo playlist, I was not expecting Diana Ross. Like I've had to guess that. <laughs> if, I had, if I had 20 guesses of who was going to be on that, Diana Ross would not have for, 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 Just to clarify, she was not on that playlist. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, missed that. But it made me think of this great song by the artist Meredith Monk, who's an avant garde um, singer and musician. Um, pop culture folks might know her from having a song in the Big Lebowski soundtrack, but um, she has an incredible discography, and she has this one called The Tale, and there's this great line where it's um, it's basically saying, it's affirmations of, I still have my hands, still have my mind, still have my telephone, and then at the end, it's, I still have my allergies, I still have my philosophy. <laughs> Even if you... And that line just always the still have my allergies. <laughs> it's not really like a triumphant line per se, but it's this affirmation of self. And it's such a kind of it's kind of a jaunty song in some ways, even though it's also very strange and surreal. I always love that one. And so, yeah, you can't muster a lot, but at least you still have these things. You have your allergies, so you, you're still going to dust. <laughs> we're talking about buddhism and acceptance your allergies are a part of you accept your allergies even yeah. if they are painful <laughs> i, I kind of want to go next because i'm really excited about mine um so for some reason i couldn't get this song out of my head the whole time i was thinking 
Um, it is by this TikTok personality called Vault Boy, and it's everything sucks. And the so before <laughs> you you get like any preconceptions about what this song is, there is a challenge where there is a um, a filter that blurs out your face and just has like different types of smileys. And every time you click, your smiley changes. So it's like going through a variety of emotions like that you're supposed to time to the song. And the song, I'm just going to do a little part of it because it's so fun to sing to. And it's it's an earworm. He just goes, everything sucks. Just kidding. Everything is great. No, really. <laughs> I haven't thought about my ex all day. Oh, wait just fucking did <laughs> <laughs> wait is this the guy who wears like a headband he's got kind of long hair uh, i don't think so uh in the Sings music video he has he, he he has short hair in his video so okay, i don't think you're so. talking about david person. foster wallace pedro <laughs> <laughs> different person but yeah I've i tried also to always do... love to hear how different other people's for you pages are than mine <laughs> yeah i <sighs> I've been trying to do this challenge myself, but it's hard to time. Yeah. <laughs> and to know because like he'll go from sad to happy to excited to concerned to oh fuck. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's time to log off, my friend. It's time to log <laughs> off, old man. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll finish it off then. The only song I could think of when I was hearing this mood was a song called Neat Freak 47 by 303. Um, oh yeah they're so playing the just festival a song. yeah they it's are. basically a song about a, someone who above all else cleans obsessively <laughs> so they bathe in bleach they dance while they mop all of it like sparkling clean uh, I think they call him uh, Lysol's lifelong member it's all I could think about <laughs> so Need Freak 47 by 303 oh brilliant this is a great little playlist here it's a it's a it's fucking weird is what it is. <laughs> this is what scrolling this is the feeling of scrolling through TikTok. You, will hear, well, you you were asking Anthony, you were saying you wanted to make it hectic and I think we we just set success. it off on the right foot for sure. Yeah, we've set the bar everyone. Were you a this fan? This is the of, tone of the show. Stay tuned or leave. <laughs> Did you were you a Descendants fan, John? I, I I am a Descendants fan. Yeah. yeah, we actually ended up playing with the Descendants, oddly enough, and wow. it was it was the same day that we played with one of my favorite bands, The Replacements, who had oh. played their first indoor show in like twenty years, and we were a part of it. We were the smallest part oh. of it because we only played four songs and nobody gave a shit, but we were still there. That's amazing. <laughs> Fuck, that's so that's cool. Uh, I'm such a Replacements fan. That's uh. That's legendary. They are such the blueprint for like so many people, right? I mean, absolutely. Good Lord. Listeners, do you have a mood of your own? Leave us a message by calling or texting the Tunes and Tumblers hotline at 626-604-6477. Tell us how you've done on your New Year's resolution so far. And who knows, your favorite artist may just get to playlist your complete failure on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Tempting offer. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. This has been so much fun to kick off the season with you. Thank you all so much for having me. I had a, I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Even though we got severely depressed and emotional <laughs> at the end, I, I definitely had a good time. Uh, likewise. But yeah, before thanks, we close up the bar for the evening, do you have any lingering thoughts? Does anyone have any lingering thoughts or plugs of things to come? Oh, I'm... <laughs> I don't even, I, 
I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm still overwhelmed with the Diana Ross 303 uh, Meredith Monk and TikTok mashup that we've just put together. This Frankenstein of a playlist. Um, our, our, our band is going out on tour in the spring. Um, yeah, just uh, we, we have... Um, is probably I'm probably gonna get yelled at by our our, our drummer, who is our uh, manager by proxy and sort of our pseudo manager. But uh, we are putting out um, a new song here soon, and uh, that it that's uh that's the hot tip right here. You heard it first. You. I wanted to ask about. I mean, that's very exciting. But is there a? I hear there's something about a cider as well yes. oh, yeah we forgot to talk about oh, that yeah. let's talk about it i just saw the the first uh production of cans um and it's 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 real it's actually real <laughs> that's um, awesome yeah so i'm really excited to taste it and it's uh it's just rad to be able to like enter into this uh dad phase where our band is <laughs> is pairing with alcohol partners and and coming up with our own drinks um yeah, so it'll be available at the fest. So follow the eighty one twenty three fest, of course, right? And yep. the band on Instagram. Yep, yep, yeah. Google it, and and it's uh you know the main spelt like the state. <laughs> you know what? I think if your parents ever give you shit ever again, it doesn't sound like they will, but if they do, you just say we have more followers than the state of Maine Twitter account <laughs> and the governor of Maine. Is right? that true? Is that yeah, it real is. facts? I, 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 okay. Yeah, it's real. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that is a fun fact. Okay. Yeah, they're going to use that. They're going to try and buy the, uh, the, the tag from you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be wild. Don't go to Maine. Go to Phoenix, Arizona this weekend. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to 8123 Fest. Oh, yeah. All right, John. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you all again. Take care of yourselves. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And that includes Audible and Spotify now. You can rate us on those platforms as well. It helps us out so much. And if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you'll find a link where you can support the pod directly. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make those delicious drinks. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers. 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 Maybe it's the-